Good afternoon and welcome to a special episode with author David McPeak about his new book. I'm Nick Leonardi and I will be your host for today's podcast. David's new book, Frontline Incident Prevention, The Hurdle, is available now on Amazon. David is the IPI Director of Professional Development, Certified Utility Safety Professional, amongst many other things. David, welcome to the podcast and how are you doing today? Doing great, Nick, and hope you are. And I very much appreciate you having me today. And for those listening, appreciate you being here. Well, welcome. We're glad to have you and and hear all about your new book. Um, if you could please give a little background on yourself for folks that maybe don't know about you and, and all the uh, many credentials that you hold. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, thank you again for, for letting me be here. As you said, I'm the Director of Professional Development uh, at the Incident Prevention Institute of Utility Business Media. We are an organization that holds a couple of conferences every year, manages a certification, the CUSP, uh, Certified Utility Safety Professional, which is really good, publish a couple of magazines. And in my role, basically, I'm in charge of all the education. And in that role, which is really, really a fun role for me, I get to do a lot of training, go to a lot of training, get to see a lot of different perspectives on things, the way different organizations uh, specifically with safety, the book, what we'll talk about here in a little while, uh, how things are handled. And in that, you know, you gain a tremendous amount of insight about what works and, and what doesn't. So always learning, always wanting to learn more. Uh, certainly want to do everything that I can to contribute to the industry and, and to safety. Well, that's, uh, that's great to hear. We know that the utility um, safety industry is extremely important. And, uh, and it's a good mission to have to get people home to their families uh, at the end of the day. So we appreciate that. Um, let's go. I want to ask a couple questions about your book. Um, what motivated you, um, A, to start writing books and, and continue here on your second installment? Well, I think there's a couple of things there. Number one, uh, you mentioned earlier, I do have a lot of credentials. Someone joked with me one time and I thought they were joking and I looked and it's actually true that I actually have more initials after my name than there are in my name. So one of the things as part of any certification, you have to do professional development and certification maintenance. And I really like that because it challenges you, challenges you to do things that may be outside your comfort zone. This was one of those things for me. And really the one word answer to your question, why did I start writing books is people. And I had a lot of people in classes and events that I was part of asking me to write books and, and telling me that I should. And then, you know, my own motivation to want to protect them. And I, I, it's interesting. One of the things that I think every author, well, I shouldn't speak for every author, but I'll say this, me struggled with was the question, who in the world are you to write a book? And that, that held me back for a while, but then I, I realized maybe a better question to ask is, if you believe that you have a message, and, and I, I do with this book, I, I very seriously believe that not so much what the book says, but what people do with it can and will protect people. It will make them better. It will save lives. And so if, if you have a message that can be conveyed to people through a book, through a class, through social media, whatever it is, then, then maybe the better question to ask is, who are you not to write a book? So that's really interesting. And people are important. Um, people are what make systems and processes work. Um, 
you know, what, uh, what are some of the key messages that people can expect to get out of this book? There's so many, it's hard to pick, but let me say this, the, the main message of the book, I think is this, and, and it's interesting the way you phrase the question in terms of people, because that's, what's important. And oddly enough, most safety programs neglect people. So the main message, the subtitle of the book is called Innovative and Practical Insights on the Art of Safety. And think about this. We, we know the science, right? And by the science of safety, we mean things like ergonomics, electrical theory, gravity, those sort of things. And we know that really, really well. I want you to think about the fact that like, for gravity, for instance, fall protection kind of thing. I can actually, I can't, but people smarter than me can. We can actually calculate, you know, you're this high in the air, you weigh this much, the humidity is whatever outside, the wind's blowing this much. Here's exactly how fast you're going to fall. Here's going to be your acceleration as you fall. And here's the force when you impact the ground that you're going to hit it with. In other words, we're that good at the science part of safety. So why do people get hurt? Is, is the question that really got this book started. And in thinking about that, what I realized is we, we're, we're really good at the science of safety, but maybe not so much as the art of safety. And by the art of safety, I mean how to understand, how to develop, how to lead, how to protect people. And so hopefully, I, 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 I think that's the main thing that, that people can get out of the book is given we know what to do, how do we then incorporate human factors into that? Because you have to lead safety rather than just managing robots, which is what we tend to do. We, we, most safety programs sort of neglect the fact that people are fallible, even the best make mistakes, make mistakes, HP principle one kind of thing. And we, we don't take into account risk tolerance and human nature. You know, if you tell a robot to do something, in other words, if you program a robot, it's going to do it. It's not going to question. Whereas if we just tell people to do things, they're going to make judgments based on a whole lot of factors, including even just the situation and the mood they're in about what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. So how can we encourage people to be safe? Another key message, one of my, actually probably my favorite part of the book is, is the very last chapter, which is titled The New Hierarchy, and it talks about the hierarchy of controls. But the statement, always use your PPE, but never need it. And I think most people get at least in theory, you're reading a book or looking at a PowerPoint presentation kind of thing, PPE is your last line of defense. But then if we go and we observe work planning and job briefings and, and whatnot, the entirety of our planning tends to be, here's a hazard, here's what PPE we're going to wear to protect ourselves from the hazard, therefore we're protected, let's go to work. And we skip the whole top part of that hierarchy. So one of the things that I really think that this book can accomplish is, helping people turn that hierarchy upside down and actually make PPE the last line of defense. In addition to that, it talks a lot about care. You know, safety has to be led and the concept of C5 safety leadership. That's competence, commitment, caring, courage, credibility. Right there in the middle of all that, everything you do centers around caring about other people. One of the mistakes we made too, and going back to people, is we want everybody to like us. And we want to like everybody. And while there's nothing wrong with liking, I think caring is a lot more important than liking when we're talking about safety. And we define caring as preventing harm, for sure. 
but also developing people. And, and that's another thing that I think the book does a good job, job of explaining is safety is not just about stopping bad things from happening. It's also about ensuring that good things happen. And, you know, maybe the last thing, and it's not really anywhere in the book, but as people read it, one of the things that I really hope is safety needs to be fun. And I think this is a fun book to read. It was a fun book to write. And it needs to be appealing to folks. And we have to move on from this trying to program robots, like I mentioned earlier. Safety can't just be a necessary evil and a bunch of rules we have to follow and what consequences you're going to get if you don't follow the rules. So, you know, when we say innovative and practical insights, that's one of the things that's not necessarily you're going to learn a whole bunch of new stuff about safety. It's a different perspective on how to actually implement safety and how to make it work and how to make people actually want to do the things that we know we should do. Okay. Well, that's, that's interesting. One of the, the points I picked up there that I thought was kind of interesting to me was the fact that, you know, the caring portion of that C5 leadership, um, I do think that's important. I do think that people inherently want other people, especially in their organization or on their crew to like them, um, but that may not be what's best for them. Caring, I think, is, is more important um, caring that you know they're safe and the work they're doing, you can overlook um, stuff by getting you know wanting someone to like you. You can overlook um, some safety rules and regulations because you don't you may not want to offend them or get them um, you know angry towards you for calling them out. Um, but that that's pretty interesting. I thought that was a good point. Hey, you said that better than the book does. You should have written uh, exactly when when we're motivated by like. That tends to encourage inaction. Me looking the other way, I don't want you to get in trouble because of me, this sort of thing. When we're motivated by caring, it promotes courage and therefore action. And the way that I, I like to explain that real simply is, I think most folks uh, or, or a lot of people have kids. And think when you, you first had your first child, right? And think about those words, confidence. You, you didn't have any. Commitment, you probably had some level of. We'll come back to caring in a second. Courage, you were probably scared to death if you're like me. And from a credibility standpoint, obviously, you've never done something before. You don't have it. But for that child, how much caring did you have? And because you cared so much, what did that do to those other four C words? Your competence as a parent, your commitment, your level of courage and credibility. And so I, I certainly don't think or expect or, or whatever imply that we should care as much about our work family as we do our family family. That being said, the more we do care about the people we work with and our teammates, the more that's going to promote courage and, and some of those difficult conversations that we have to have sometimes. Pointing out mistakes, offering sometimes unsolicited feedback and something we miss out on a lot. And in particular, in the construction industry, I find it actually takes a heck of a lot of courage and caring to provide positive reinforcement. We tend to, especially with safety, we tend to think, you know, if somebody does something that's going to save a company a lot of money or, or make their leader look good or, or accomplish a goal or whatever else, we tend to at least say good job to people. But then when we see people working safe and doing good things that we should be reinforcing, our attitude tends to become more, 
you know, that's their job. That's what we pay them to do. And I'm definitely not going to provide any positive feedback. Always remember that even when somebody's doing something right, you can't assume, number one, that they know it's right. And number two, that they'll repeat it unless somebody tells them. So now we're into HP principle four. People achieve high levels of performance because of support and reinforcement, positive reinforcement received from leaders, peers, and subordinates. And I think when we say leaders, peers, and subordinates, that's another good point to make is we're all leaders. We're all safety leaders. Everybody has, not necessarily from an authority standpoint, but we all have influence, and that makes us all leaders. And we all have really a dual role in safety, one being it has to be led. We're all leading it in some form or fashion, but we also are people that do work. And the stuff in the book certainly is, is more written towards that work environment, but it works while you're driving on the road. It works really well at home. These principles of safety work anywhere. So that's really, really important. And if you base all of that back to your, your comment, if you base all that on caring, Honestly, the rest of it takes care of yourself and you'll get really good at the heart of safety. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And, uh, you know, I did, I did notice one of your points there on, they may not be, um, you know, your family, your work family, you know, maybe a different level of caring, but you're caring um, about that work family ultimately will get them and yourself home to your family at the end of the day. Um, yeah. And never forget, never forget this. People know whether you care about them or not. You can kind of fake liking. You can, as a leader, it's actually really easy, especially if you have the positional authority to get people to like you, give them every Friday off, give them a raise every time they want, every time they do something wrong, just look the other way. They will at least pretend to like you. I promise you that. That's, that's easy. Mm -hmm. But you can't fake caring. People know whether or not you care. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. So, um, you know, another thought um, or question I had for you uh, was, you know, the book's been out now for, I want to say a week and a half, maybe two weeks, correct me if I'm wrong, um, available on Amazon. And what kind of feedback are you receiving from it? Um, and what kind of feedback did you receive on the first one? Did that motivate you maybe to write the second one even more? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked this question because I was hoping I would get to share this story. So a little bit of background, not too much of a spoiler alert for the book, but in it, there's a story about the great toilet paper battle, it's called. And it's a story that relates to us and them mentalities in the workplace and, and how that can harm teamwork and ultimately have a negative impact on safety. But so the very first feedback I get, right? So I send this book to a few people, obviously, before publication. It's been out for a little while now. People are reading it and whatnot. And I start getting pictures through text, left, right, and sideways of empty rolls of toilet paper. And I would, so the text would be a picture of an empty roll of toilet paper. And underneath that, it would say, I'm reading the book. And I really got scared. And I was like, holy cow, everybody's telling me this book is crap. And it, it kind of took me a minute or two to put together. Okay, they're reading, that, uh, they're reading the great toilet paper battle. And, 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 and that's what, it's an example of, we got to have fun with it, right? Yeah. But on a little more serious note, the the feedback really from the first book and, and this book in particular has been overwhelming uh, positive. And the thing I love is, you know, it, it's kind of, it's like when you're teaching a class, it's somewhat easy to be entertaining enough where folks will enjoy it, I guess. But I love the feedback I'm getting about what people are doing with it. In other words, how relatable and how applicable it is 
and the very specific examples, people, hey, I tried this and this worked and this was this person's reaction kind of thing, or this is what I've changed because of. And so uh, the other thing that's been interesting to me is how many people had thoughts and ideas about writing books that haven't. And kind of back to where we started, you know, who am I to write a book? And so I, I know of at least three or four people right now that have either now published a book and or are in the process of publishing a book, not because of my book, but after seeing my book published, some of the conversations we've had and challenging them to, to go ahead and move forward with it. And so same thing, I, I've read some of those books already and uh, knowing those people and knowing those books, it helps accomplish the goal of this book, which is to keep people safe. Uh, and that doesn't mean just avoiding harm. That means making them better. So that's been really, really exciting to me, just listening to the feedback. And, and you know, along those lines, too, I really do encourage everybody, as you read the book, post an honest review on Amazon uh, so everybody can see that and make their determination about whether it's worthwhile. And certainly, please, 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 anybody that has any feedback and wants to talk about anything to do with it, feel free to reach out to me. Yeah, I think... Uh... You know, um, we'll post the link available, you know, on Amazon. So any folks that want to go out there and, and purchase the book um, can. And yeah, please do leave feedback. Feedback is is always welcome as long as it's honest feedback to um, help improve what you liked. Um, you know, if there's any, um, you know, improvement spots. Um, but we don't get better without feedback. And, and that is important. Um you know, one other point I wanted to touch on uh, with the book. So there is a workbook. Um, if you purchase the book, I believe that's available free for download. Uh, you can buy a on Amazon. You can buy an actual um, physical copy of the workbook. And then you've also developed a computer-based training course that's based off the book, but not necessarily needing the book um, to do at ip-institute.com. Can you speak to a little bit about that? Oh, oh, yes, 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 because I love that course. And one of the things that I get is not everybody likes to read. Not everybody's going to read a book. And, you know, there are people that won't read a book that might listen to the audio book or, or might want the ebook instead or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with that. And, th and that, back to that earlier question, is maybe another reason that I not maybe it is another reason I wrote the book is it's just a different way to convey the message. But we did develop to go along with this book and it has really folks that have been through it have really, really enjoyed it because it, it takes the application of the book to the next level and really, really helps people turn the words into action. And it does, as you mentioned, if you sign up for the course, there's a downloadable workbook or the workbook is available on Amazon, uh, really just to guide people through the book. But what that course contains is some video lessons, uh, most of them pretty short, you know, somewhere between like 10 and 15 minutes, one, one to go along with each set of chapters. The book is organized into the title of it, a hurdle. So it proposes a hurdle to safety. And then the next chapter is the runoff to that hurdle. And so for each set of chapters, if you will, there's a video that goes along with that. And then a set of exercises and workbook activity and group discussion questions. So the thing that I love about that course is not just for individual study, but it really lends itself well for folks that want to go through it as a group kind of study and or uh, a lot of people are now using it for leadership, management, development workshops. 
kind of thing where uh, folks get a signed part of it and present back to the group and whatever else. So uh, it just gives another way to get the message out and uh, let folks sort of have the materials, if you will, uh, and, and run with. Okay. Um, and, and one other question, you know, um, I know that there's a lot of, you mentioned groups. Um, what if, you know, an organization wants to, um, you know, buy this or purchase this, uh, a bulk of books, um, and maybe the course with it and workbooks, um, how would they go about doing that? Yeah. So obviously it's available. Most, all the major booksellers have it, um, the book and the workbook, but, uh, we at IPI for bulk purchases can, can give folks a little bit of a discount on the price of that. So certainly if anybody's considering multiple purchases or, or group activities, or obviously if you want the course, make sure you visit us at ipinstitute.com and we'll take care of it. All right. Well, that sounds good. Um, got a couple final closing questions for you. Um, I think our, readers, our listeners would like to know what was the hardest part about writing these books? That's such a good question. Uh, let me answer your question by asking you a question. Uh, have you ever taken an online exam before? And by that, I'm not talking about like when you go online and you take a quiz, like which Avengers character are you the most like or one of those kind of quizzes. But I'm, take, I'm talking about like for some kind of license or certification or something that you actually need to pass. Uh, have, have you taken any of those? I have. I have. What's the hardest question on that test? And for, I know I'm putting you on the spot, so I kind of answer it for you. But for most folks, the hardest question on the online exam, because on a paper exam, they don't ask this, but on the online exam, the very last question is, are you sure you want to submit? And so for me, that was the hardest. That Writing a book's easy. In other words, sitting down in front of your computer and faking thoughts out of your head and putting them on paper or whatever word processing software you're using, that's not that difficult. But when you really get to the, are you sure you want to publish? Are you sure you want, not that everybody in the world is going to read it, but everybody in the world to have access to this and put your name on it? Uh, that can become very intimidating. And if I'm honest, and that's part of this book, uh, I, I'm actually very, very proud of my first book, and it was very well received. But that helped, that helped me back a little bit. Um, fear. This book talks about how fear as a tactic is a bad thing in terms of safety, but how our own fears in terms of safety leadership can hold us back. So that's one of the things that for this second book that I'm really proud of is something people tell me a lot now is, hey, I've seen you in person, in class, some of your webinars, videos, whatever it may be. And reading this book is just like listening to you in those environments. And to me, that's a compliment because you know, they, I sort of let go of that fear of trying to make sure everything was just worded perfectly and saying the right thing and and whatever else. And this is, it's me and my message. And not necessarily my message, that's probably a bad way of saying it, but the message of safety, the art of safety. And so I really like that. And that was, for me, the hardest part was really just publishing it and putting it out there. Uh, but through feedback like we talked about and some other things uh i think that's actually become more of the exciting part of it now is putting it out there and having those conversations with people both about what they like what they don't like what they didn't understand what they don't agree with their perspective on things and so it, it's certainly generated some good conversations 
Yeah, I mean, um, to use a uh, an old sports uh, quote here, you, you know, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. I believe that was uh, Wayne Gretzky, and uh, you know, the hardest part sometimes is getting on the field, is getting on the court, and uh, you know, once you get over it, like you're saying, that you know, fear becomes excitement, and uh, you know, emotions very powerful and can prevent you from doing things. But I'm glad that uh, you overcame that and were able to. Do this, and you it sounds like you've inspired some other people to write some books potentially, or or at least get some people thinking about it. And uh, you know, um, I'm gonna close it up here with one other thing. Um, I think people want to know you have two books kind of on the shelf, uh, you know, today. You got another one potentially coming, that's to be determined, and I'll answer that by saying probably. Uh, I'm not actively working on one right now. I I almost immediately after the first one was out, I knew that I wanted to write about leadership and I knew I wanted to write about safety. And I was really, really excited about safety in particular because it's just such an important topic. And so I almost transitioned straight from book one to book two. Uh, but right now, uh, I have some thoughts about some other things. But more importantly, this is a leadership lesson, right? The only time your leadership should be about you is if you're looking for somebody to blame. That's from the first book. More than what I want to write about, I'd love to know uh, from both your listeners, my readers, what it is that they may want to hear about in the future. So if anybody has any thoughts and ideas, I'm certainly open to, to hearing those. You know, people uh, can get a hold of you. We'll put your email address if that's okay. Um you know, if people want to get in touch with you, maybe ask you some questions about the book, um, you know, and you also do a monthly uh, forum, I believe, called the IPI Forum, um, available for, for anyone. It's a complimentary webinar, I believe, that you discuss um, industry topics and you have some industry experts on in utility safety. Is that correct? Yeah, and everybody should sign up for the, for this reason. Number one, it's free, so I promise you'll at least get what you pay for. But there's a couple of things that we do. In IP Incident Prevention Magazine, I have a regular column in there. And then that's published every other month. So every other month, whatever my column is, we have a webinar associated with that. It's free. It's called the Frontline Fundamentals Webinar Series. Actually, the next three are about some of those things that have books we were talking about from other authors where I'll be interviewing them kind of like you are me now. And I'm really, really excited about those. But yeah, the IPI forum that we have every month is free. And it, it is, I will say, primarily for folks that are in utility, uh, construction and maintenance kind of work. But it's free and it just gives people a place to come and talk about what's on their mind, what trends are going on, what specific technical questions they may have, what recommendations do folks have for, for these challenges and we have a pretty good core group of people that show up and really actively participate. And that's, you know, from a book writing perspective, one of the neat things when you write a book is you obviously do a lot of research and read a lot of other books and whatnot. You learn a lot yourself. And that's what excites me about those forums is, is I'm the moderator, if you will, I guess, but I, I love just asking questions and listening to all the answers that we get. So anybody that's at all involved in that kind of work that's looking to, network with some peers and subject matter experts. That's a great place for them to come. Okay, awesome. Well, we appreciate having you on, um, talking about your new book. Uh, anyone, again, it's available on Amazon. The link will be 
uh, in the description of this podcast. You can go to ip-institute.com and uh, see it there, available on the homepage. Um, that's linked to Amazon as well. And uh, make sure to give David some feedback. And thanks again, David, for being here. Absolutely. And, and thank you so much. And again, thank you to, to your listeners and, and my readers and everybody. Uh, it, it's just an honor and a pleasure and a privilege to be here. All right. Well, good speaking with you. And uh, we'll look forward to the next book. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you.